Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Growing in Grace, the podcast at growingingrace.org. My name is Joel Brzezinski, and with me, Mike Kapler. This podcast will be uh, in English. Just for those who are listening, by the way. We, we were having a discussion about some things without going into all the details right before we came on. We had a few laughs about some serious topics, and um, the English language was one of them. Uh, a couple of other things, too, that I'm still, Joel, I don't want to make you nervous. I'm still trying to decide whether I will say them while we record or not. But. I'm always nervous when you're speaking anyway, so what's what will be difference about that anyway? <laughs> But if you want to hear this in Spanish, press 2. If you want to hear this... <laughs> okay, never mind. This is a podcast that we do every week, and people, you know us. We're just... I got a German last name. We got German last names. I got an Austrian middle name. And I was named after... an, an uh, My first name was named after an Israeli prophet. But you, we speak you sound English. like you're boasting, kind of like Paul when he was standing before people no. trying to give, you know, oh, yeah. plead his case. <laughs> Not that I boast in any of that. What was formerly all that I could brag in, now I lay, lay all that behind. And truly, <laughs> and now to get serious here, it is. It's because n there's nothing that we could boast about. There's absolutely nothing. Uh, we had a fun talking about these things. I always used to have fun telling people that I was born in the United States. I lived in England. I always thought of Joel, my first name, as French, even though it's <laughs> it wasn't because uh, I took French class for four years and they called me Joel. But then my Austrian grandmother, I was na my middle name was at named after her maiden name, my last name being German. And I just thought I had fun with all that stuff. But really, there's in when it all comes down to it. And then, of course, a few years ago, I found out my actual biological DNA uh, history, and I found out a lot more stuff about my, uh, myself because I had been adopted and found out a whole ton of stuff. But all of that really means nothing when it comes to the fact that we're in Christ and we have nothing to boast about. It's all about, <laughs> it really is all about what he did. And one thing that we were thinking about talking about this week, kind of coming off of last week a little bit, but ha you know, having to do with the law, is that there is this teaching out there, people say that, okay, so we know that under the law, people failed. They weren't able to keep the law. Uh, but now that we're in grace, now that we're in Christ, and we have the Holy Spirit, uh, grace enables us to keep the law. So we want to talk about that a little bit. And it would still go back to this whole idea that the, the law that we were talking about, I think we were talking about last week, is, um, well, the law itself is good just and holy there's nothing wrong with the law itself the problem wasn't the law it's just the problem was that as human beings there was nobody whether it was the jew who was under it or the gentile who wasn't under it there was nobody who could live up to the good just and holy law and so people get this idea that again now that we're in grace grace enables us to keep it but when when you think about it 
and we'll talk about all the things that the you know the, the purpose of the law and uh, why would we want to even th- and, and and the fact that there are 613 commandments in the law so if grace enables us to keep the law there's 613 commandments that it enables us to keep so we'll talk about this stuff and see where it takes us on this week's podcast cap yeah i you know it, it is one of those things where when people think that they think that grace enables us to keep the law now even though they may say something along the lines of well we're not required it's not that you'll lose your salvation if you fail to keep one jot or tittle of the law but god is somehow empowering us giving us the ability now that he lives in us to to keep it um and so there's a number of inconsistencies and and problems with with that and and number one it, it really just kind of reveals exposes the the ignorance of somebody who would make a statement like that, and I, and I don't mean to sound mean when I say that because I always sort of think I always I always thought the word ignorant or ignorance sounds like a a, a mean word. It, it comes across that way to me in my own mind, but it's really not meant to be. It's just somebody who's uh, lacking a certain amount of knowledge regarding a particular issue or subject, and mm-hmm. that's not necessarily a, a bad thing. We all have that right. in different parts of of life, but. In this case, like you said, Joel, we, there's there's an entire package there of 613 rules, commandments, statutes. They were all part of the same law. As we talked before, it's not divided up into different categories where some of it was going to be kept and some of it wasn't. It, it either all had to be in place or it all had to come to an end. And so with these things in, in mind, when we when we say something like that, we sort of expose our ignorance to the law and and what is contained in it kind of like uh, what what Paul said to Timothy in 1st Timothy 1 he talks about those who desired to be teachers of the law but they don't really understand what they're saying or the matters about which they make these these assertions uh, they they and they'll say it with confidence sometimes but they really don't know what they're talking about whether they're Jew or Gentile mm-hmm. uh, especially in in this day and age and in Paul's age as well as he, as he was t- talking to Timothy about this. So if if that's the goal <laughs> if the goal is for us to have the Holy Spirit so that we can start trying to keep rules, statutes and commandments let's not forget that these rules, statutes and commandments from the law was the very thing that Jesus came to deliver people from. Exactly. The Jewish people who were under that ministry of death and condemnation, a ministry that caused sin to increase. And I know you've got more uh, along those lines as to what the, the law, what the purpose of the law really was. As you said, it, the, the law wasn't the problem, but it was against us. It was contrary to us. It couldn't mm-hmm. give us what we needed. It couldn't, when I say us, I mean humans in general. Whether, even though we Gentiles were never under it, it, it could not provide what people needed. And that is life. If there was a law, Paul said in Galatians, if there was a law that could give life, then righteousness would have been by the law. But there wasn't one out of the 613 that could even do that. So why would we want to go chasing after the law or expect the Holy Spirit to enable us or help us to keep a law that doesn't give life? Right. That's exactly it. I think what happens is that people, again, using that word ignorant, not in a mean way, it, it's like the word argument. People think you know, people are having an argument. It sounds like things are harsh and 
and bad. But the word argue simply means to make a case for or against something. Doesn't that necessarily have to be nasty? It just one person is stating their beliefs and another person is stating their beliefs, and they're making a case for what they believe. Same with the word ignorant. It's used often. It, it sounds mean, but it's it just means that you're lacking knowledge. That's really what ignorant means. You don't have a certain amount of knowledge about a certain thing. And so I think people ignorantly don't understand, have a lack of understanding about the law and what the purpose of the law was, why God gave the law. And just briefly, some of the things, uh, if Romans 3.19, the law came to make people guilty. 2 Corinthians 3, 7 through 9, the law came to bring death and to condemn. Uh, it imputed sin to people. Uh, through the law, in Romans 5, 20, uh, sin abounded. Again, it brought death. Uh, you'll find that in Romans 7, 9 through 11. Like you said, Cap, it was against us and contrary to us, Colossians 2.14. It was enmity with us, Ephesians 2.15. And we've talked about all these things in more broader context. Uh, this is just a brief little explanation, but 1 Corinthians 15.56 says, The law is the strength of sin. The strength of sin. It doesn't say it helps you to overcome sin. It's the strength of sin. It's what gave sin its strength. The law could not give life, like you said, Galatians 3.21, and the law is not of faith, Galatians 3.12. Even Paul said that uh, the sin, so again, the law not being, not being evil, the law being good, just and holy, but sin, so taking opportunity by the commandment, by the law, produced in me all manner of evil desire, Paul said in Romans 7. Uh, apart from the law, sin was dead. Uh, apart from the law, sin was dead. I was once alive without the law. But when the commandment came, when the law came, sin revived and I died. And so <clears throat> that was kind of some of the things that happened through the law. Uh, and the thing is, it, the law is not of faith. It's not of faith. It's contrary to faith. What the law is based upon is you must do this and you must not do that. And there are 613 commandments within that law. And Paul says in Galatians 3, the man who does them shall live by them. He says uh, the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. That's quite, there, there's a lot that is said right there. Since the law is not of faith, the man who does them shall live not by faith, but by the law. So if you're going to live by the law, you're not living by faith. That's his point there. And so if you're, if you're thinking that, okay, the Holy Spirit has come now, we've believed in Jesus Christ, we've been saved, and now we're under God's grace. If we think that God's grace is going to now enable us to keep something that is not of faith, I think we're really missing the point. The law is not of faith. It came to do all these other things. It came as enmity. Uh, it kept the Israelites kept Israel from being righteous before God, and it kept the Gentiles separated from Israel, kept the Gentiles far off, far from God. And it was when that law in Ephesians 2 was abolished in Jesus' flesh, when it was abolished in his flesh, then that barrier was taken out of the way, and Jew and Gentile could come together as one into this one new man in Christ. Again, with the law out of the way. That's what happened when the law was taken out of the way. So we don't say the law was taken out of the way, and now we got grace. Oh, let's bring the law back in now. 
so that we can keep <laughs> it by the by grace. No, the law is now out of the way. That's what enabled us to be brought together into Christ. And now the life that we live is by faith. It's not a life that is lived by law, even if, even with grace helping us to do it. Yeah, so why would we want to em- embrace the law as if the Holy Spirit was empowering us to, to live the law out, not knowing it really what the, you know, because when people think of that, they, they just think of like a few, they'll, they'll pluck out a few moral commandments from the, 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 the original 10 or, or whatever, mm-hmm. a few others besides that. Uh, but they don't really take the whole law into account and what the purpose of that law was, as we've been talking about here. But really, I, I think the the big uh, the big mountain here that uh, people need to be staring at is what you were just talking about: the law not being based on faith, but it's based on works. You see, and that couldn't bring people what they needed. It couldn't do it for the Jews, and it certainly couldn't do it for the Gentiles who had never been under it. Um, and this was a big tug of war going on during this, uh, during these early days uh, after the resurrection, uh, and in the life of the apostles. Um, this this was a big back and forth, a, a, a big controversy that was going on between the law and faith and and works and Gentiles and you know how does all this come together? Uh, but in in Galatians chapter five, um, Paul said, "I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh." If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you are not under the law. Well, but God can still, God can still enable us to keep it. Well, why would you want to do that based on everything we just talked about? Why would you want to do that based on, you know, when when Paul said that uh, the, the commandment not to covet caused him to covet more? Why would you want to do it when the law was the strength of sin? Again, the law not the problem. But it was opposed to us. It was opposed to human beings. So when you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And then he goes on to say the fruit of the Spirit. And this is what we bear. The the Spirit produces the fruit. We bear the fruit. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So if if this fruit of the Spirit is flowing through us, and he's leading and guiding and teaching us in the way that Jesus said he would. You know, it, bef- before Jesus, uh, all, all they had was the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures. That's all they had. Uh, we have the Spirit abiding in us now. It, it, just think about that. Uh, where there is no law, and, and he's our guide into all truth, uh, and if we, if if the fruit of the spirit, the things that I just mentioned here now, it's not something we're working at producing. It's something that God produces through us. It's His fruit, not our fruit. And and so, imagine the world being such a much better place. <laughs> and when we talk about how people, well, we should follow the Ten Commandments. Um, yeah, well. Good luck with that. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, good luck with that. What we really need is Jesus and his spirit flowing through us with his fruit. If that were to be taking place and, and we were receiving that uh, and living in that, then um, the world would be a better place. Right. And so, like, the accusation comes is that, you know, well, so you're saying that we're not supposed to keep the law, that we're not under the law, that we don't keep the law. And so... That means we can just go murder, we can just go steal, we can just go do whatever we want and all that stuff. You know, that accusation yeah, not comes. If, not if you love people. Right. right. <laughs> With that's the, that's the thing. What I was talking about earlier, what happened through the law, through the law, 
sin abounded. When the law came, uh, sin increased. Paul says that sin took opportunity through the commandment to produce in him all manner of evil desire or all sorts of coveting, in, in depending on which version you read. But it, So he said he, he said he had to die to the law. Through the law, I died to the law that I might live to God. In Romans 7, he said to his Jewish brethren, you have become dead to the law so that you may be married to another, to Christ, to him who was raised from the dead, that you may be married to him and bear fruit to God. So this fruit comes when the law is taken out of the way. So the thing that we have to remember in all of this is that when the law is in place, it's bad fruit. But through the Spirit, the Spirit of God, the same Spirit Paul says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and that's what you have, you have the Holy Spirit of God by grace through faith, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And so along with what you were saying, Cap, and along with what he's saying here, this is how life is lived in Christ. The law is out of the way. It's not a part of it. Grace isn't enabling us to keep the law. The law has no place in our life in Christ. We've gone from a life of works, uh, trying to please God, and which doesn't work, to a life of the Holy Spirit living in us. That's really what our life in Christ is about. And it's the same Spirit, again, that raised Christ from the dead. That Spirit, Paul says, gives life to your mortal body. And, <laughs> and if that's not enough... Uh, then I don't know. And, and like you said, the fruit of this Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, there's no law against that, uh, against the things, against that fruit. And if you think you need something else, if you need law, then you're living a life again by works and not by faith and not by the Spirit. So we hope that our listeners will understand that, of course, we're not for all kinds of sinning and evil going on. Uh, but it's the Holy Spirit, not the law, uh, that enables us to bear the good fruit that the, that the Holy Spirit is producing in and through us. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.